Hi, I'm Shelly Daniel, Theater Director at Darlington, and I'm joined by Choral Director Alex Johnson and Seniors Grayson Davis and Katherine Davidson. We're so excited to be together to talk about our upcoming winter musical, My Fair Lady. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. We're going to start out with a few details about the show. Um, My Fair Lady is an award-winning classic musical set in 1912, and we'll be performing three shows downtown at the Rome City Auditorium, running February 25th, 26th, and 27th. Our tickets are generally becoming available on the website about two weeks before the show, and we're looking forward to welcoming audiences uh, back to the first indoor production since spring of 2020 when we produced Shrek the Musical. We've got 22 incredibly talented students in the company, and Ms. Johnson and I are having a blast um, directing them. The show is based on George Bernard Shaw's play Pygmalion, and it was a Broadway musical, uh, won six Tony Awards, including Best Musical, and a major motion picture winning eight Oscars. The story follows a Cockney flower girl with an unmistakable Cockney accent, and that's keeping her in the lower rungs of society. And the story evolves as she meets Professor Henry Higgins, who agrees to teach her how to speak like a proper lady. And in the process of him working with her on her voice, a friendship blooms. As the play goes along, we get to know the characters, but we begin to ask the question, is it Eliza or is it Henry that needs transformation? And that's the really fun part of the story. Um, There are so many famous songs that audiences love. And um, I'm excited to be joined here by Catherine, who is playing Eliza, and Grayson, who is playing Henry Higgins. You guys want to say hello? Hi! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we are still in the very early stages of the production process. We spent eight days before Christmas learning dialects and beginning to lay in a few vocal parts for some of the group songs. We began blocking the show yesterday, so we tackled page one through ten yesterday. And this week is devoted to kicking off our blocking and choreography. We use those rehearsals before the break to give our actors a deep dive into dialect work, which is so important for this particular play. And along with these two actors we have in the studio with us today, everyone has learned a standard British and a Cockney dialect, and they're just doing wonderful. I wanted to invite Catherine and Grayson to sort of showcase these dialects. Uh, Learning dialects is a bit of a scientific process. The actor learns a series of vocal replacements, and they make those replacements to shift their current dialect into the new one. Um, Catherine, would you like to talk a little bit about a few of the changes we made to transition from standard American to Cockney? I would love to. So, I picked out a line here, which in our regular speaking language is just, Ow, what harm is there in me leaving Listen Grove? And so, a few of the changes that I've taken note of are, um, when it comes to vowels, you very much have to elongate um, what you say, especially with long vowels, like for for um, for ow, you go and you basically go through like an A and an O at the same time. So you have to kind of flip through as many vowels as possible to elongate that. And then when it comes to H's, you um, drop all of them. Make sure that no H's come through. And for TH's, you either switch them to F's or or V's, depending on how like strong you want it to hit. And so I think those are most of the changes that are in this line. There are a few others, but it gets complicated after that. So, um, so if you make those changes, oh, what harm is there in me leaving Listen Grove would sound a little more like, ow, what harm is there in me 
even listen, Grove. That was wonderful. <laughs> Cockney is so much fun. And it, we, we had a lot of fun talking about how it's almost standard American going to Southern American is sort of the way that feels when that change happens. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, Grayson, can you talk a little bit about the replacements and how we shift from standard American to standard English? Absolutely. So standard American is actually a lot like standard English, but standard English is just more heightened. And there are a few changes. And the first one, which is very important, is you're going to drop almost every R, especially at the end of the word. So if you're in standard American, you would say, for example, R, for there are cats. However, in standard English, you would say ah. You would really just say the vowel A as ah instead of R. Another one is you really have to heighten A's and O's in your palate. So instead of saying what, as you would in standard American, you would say what in standard English. Uh, so I came up with a line here, which would be in standard American, you were born in Listen Grove, which is how most Americans would say it. But if you were in standard English, it would change to dropping R's, heightening A's and O's, to you were born in Listen Grove. All right, let's do something fun. Let's take your two lines. You have the first line and you're the Q, he's your Q line, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's listen to the two dialects together. Could you cue her in standard English and then you respond in Cockney? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. You were born in Listen Grove. Ah, what arm is bearing me leaving Listen Grove? Love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> now, here's where it gets really fun. Um, we have all of our 14 actors are having to learn both dialects. And for some of our actors, English is the second language. So the American dialect is, is their second dialect or that they're trying to understand. And now we're asking them to do standard English and Cockney, which is really, really fun. So we have all of that buzzing around in our actors' heads. Um, I'd like to throw it to Miss Johnson. She is infusing the show with so much enthusiasm as our new vocal director. This is her first musical at Darlington and working with Darlington um, players on a musical. She started working with some of our students before Christmas break on their vocal parts. Miss Johnson, can you talk a little bit about the music for the show and your experience so far? Absolutely. The music in this musical is by no means easy. <laughs> it is definitely challenging, um, but the students have really stepped up to the challenge and have jumped into the fire with me. Uh, there's a good portion of the company who are new to singing, but they've been troopers and they've jumped in head first uh, in order to create a successful show and they sound really, really fantastic. Miss Daniel taught all the dialects before Christmas break and we also started to put some of those dialects into the songs that we're singing. So we worked eight days before Christmas break just on dialect and music alone. Um, and now we've come back from break and we're starting blocking choreography, which is really exciting. Uh, Catherine and Grayson both have multiple solos that they have to sing throughout the show. So Grayson. Yes. <laughs> which song <laughs> is your favorite of the show and which are you most excited to perform? Okay, I have to say that the one that's my favorite and the one that I'm most excited to perform is the same song. Okay. And it's absolutely, I'm an ordinary man. <laughs> so not only are the lyrics interesting to say the least, the song is incredibly difficult because the original playwright, the, each of the songs in the show for Higgins specifically has actual written music and melodies. However, when Rex Harrison first performed it, he spoke some most of the songs. And everyone that's followed suit has followed this precedent. So I've been looking at this and I've been thinking, how can I bring some of the speak singing into the production while also singing some of the parts? And that's been a very fun challenge. And I think Ordinary Man 
is a very good song for that because there are parts where you can make it almost funny as he is singing very legato and straightforward about how amazing he is and how he's such a philosophical man and then he'll turn around and just start screaming at Eliza with no remorse. But then you can add in other parts where he is speak singing and bringing in his own character into it. And I think that's a very fun challenge and something I'm enjoying immensely. Awesome. Grayson is working extremely hard on balancing this line of speak singing and also singing singing. So it's, it's been an adventure. Catherine, same question goes <laughs> to you. Which is your favorite song in the show and which are you most excited to perform? I have so many favorite songs in this <laughs> show. Uh, can I can I give a couple? Absolutely. Okay, my favorite song that Grayson sings is I've Grown Accustomed to Her Face. Like, that was one of the ones that just, like, absolutely melts my heart. It's a beautiful song. It's very sweet. In a, in a not-sweet way, which is interesting. <laughs> but, um, my favorite song to sing is Just You Wait. Eliza has a lot of songs where she gets to kind of picture what she would like to see happen in her life. So she starts off with uh, Wouldn't It Be Lovely, and, um, and that one is a very sweet, wistful uh, song, but Just You Wait, on the other hand, takes a much darker, more morbid turn as she envisions all of the horrible things she would like to see happen to Henry for all that he's putting her through. And I would say Catherine as an actress is an ingenue, but she's also a character actress. And I think that's what's so great about this role for her is she's being able to work both of those muscles. Actually, I would say that about both of you. I mean, we saw that in Grim Brothers Spectacular Fun, um, that you both have incredible range when it comes to character acting. So you're getting to work both of those muscles in the show. We're seeing the leading man and the leading woman, the ingenue and the leading man, but also these fun moments where you get to dive into that character acting and a little bit of clowning even in some of these parts. So that's really fun to watch. For sure. Um, I was going to kind of piggyback talking about the roles in the play. We have 14 actors who are tackling all the roles in the play, and most of our actors are playing anywhere from three to five roles each, switching between two different dialects. So the casting strategy allows actors to play multiple roles, challenging them. Also our crew as well is going to be challenged. Um, one challenge that kind of involves both sets is we're going to have quick changes after every scene. An actor may be performing as a society woman in formal wear with an English accent and then exiting for three minutes and returning as a cockney beggar in rags with a dirty face, a new wig, and a brand new accent. And the crew is going to be backstage doing that quick change to get them switched into another character. I thought it'd be fun to give you an example. Catherine Wilson um, is playing a society woman at Ascot, then turning around as the Queen of Transylvania at the ball, a cockney man in the streets as part of our quartet in scene one, a formal English maid for Henry Higgins, and then a cockney woman in another scene. J.R. Johnson is on stage as Eliza's love interest, Freddie Einsford Hill, runs off stage, changes his clothes, and comes back on in the same scene with a new dialect as a Cockney man named Jamie. We also see him as a footman in Henry Higgins' house, and finally, as the Hungarian linguist, Zoltan Karpathy, at the ball, doing a third dialect in Hungarian. So JR is really stretching um, his creativity in this show. All of our actors are tackling new accents, multiple genders, multiple characters. 
it's also creative and um, it's really fun. It feels like at times that we're in the Wizard of Oz where you're saying, wait, I've seen that character before. You know how like, the same characters sort of reappear in that film? It's going to kind of have that feeling when you come see the show and we're particularly excited about that. I want to brag on um, Taylor Zhang and Cindy Zhao, who are um, assistant director and stage manager for the show. Cindy is doing original poster art, and we love the direction that it's taking. She's in the process of, of drawing that now. And from a technical perspective, um, not only just being excited to be inside at the Ronald City Auditorium again, but we just placed our order for backdrops today. We're using six of them. and. The play goes through all kinds of different environments, and they are absolutely beautiful. We're renting costumes for this show from Broadway Costumes. There's over 95 different ensembles on stage. And the period shows are really fun because the students are performing in costumes from another era, and we're also sourcing and renting props from another period. So we can't wait to see that spectacle um, of the show. Like many after-school activities, we're navigating the challenges of COVID every day. Um, we're currently wearing masks in rehearsal. We're trying to be vigilant about sanitizing and keeping social distance when we can. But our ultimate goal is to perform the show live, indoors, and unmasked at the end of February. And we're hoping that the stars align for that to happen. Um, I think more than anything, um, we're still hanging on to that feeling of family with the Darlington Players. At the core of everything, it's about the student experience, and that's that's the process we take getting to opening night. And we're trying to all every day kind of reinforce that focus that in the world that we're in now, it's not about the end game. It's about where we are right here in the middle of the process, that we get to be together, that we get to be touching this show every day. And that's where the real value is um, because that's the part that we can kind of control at this point. And um, the spirits are so high and everybody's so positive and, you, we really feel a palpable sense of the bonding of the group right now. Um, I'd like to close by ask, asking Catherine and Grayson, how does it feel to be working on this show and preparing to perform again? Um, we've seen you both so many times. I, I, if you might want to share like what number show this is for you and how does it feel to be a senior and this being your last show? How many shows have you done at Darlington? I've done... I think this will be my ninth. I'm ninth. Sure. And we just saw you last fall on stage as Sabrina in Sabrina Fair, and that performance was yes. wonderful. Oh. Really proud of you. <laughs> how does it feel? What does it feel like right now to be starting up with My Fair Lady? Well, it's it's mixed feelings because it's uh, heartbreaking to think that this is my last show with uh, Darlington players because it is really, as you said, a family. And so there are people in, in the company of the show that I have, known and been acting with since freshman year and then there are also so many new people to the program which is so exciting and fun to get to hear some some new takes on on things so yes it's a lot of a lot of mixed feelings i'm feeling very very sentimental yeah. and this show covers a bunch of really interesting deeper topics about about self-reflection and it has a beautiful score and it has been a wonder to be a part of already. The accents have already stretched me so much, but in a, in a good way, in the best way possible. I feel like I'm learning a bunch. I haven't ever really gotten to work with accents much before this. So it is a lot to kind of reprogram my brain to think about, which is a wonderful skill to have since I am planning on majoring in this in, in college. So 
I am still not completely decided on where I'm going to end up yet, but I feel like the skills that I have learned since freshman year and am currently learning still so much from this production and from Miss Daniel are helping me so much in this audition process for college as well as will help me when I plan to major in it and afterwards. So this will be my 10th show at Darlington. It's been a long time and a lot of things have happened, but I mean, I was very close to not even doing acting. Uh, in my freshman year, I was planning on being on the rowing team, which I don't even know that's a thing anymore, but I was planning on that. And then I convinced myself, oh, I might as well audition for this little show called A Midsummer Night's Dream in freshman year. And it turned out very well because it, it showed me something that I truly love, which is not only the familial portion of the Darlington players, but it showed me that I have a passion for something I didn't know that I had a passion for, which is acting. While I'm not gonna be major, majoring in it like Catherine is, I'm going to be minoring in it in college. I feel like this show specifically is really stretching my muscles because while I have done slight accents in years past, whether it be German uh, a little bit for Shrek, or a slight heightened uh, American accent as Linus Larrabee Sr., I've never done a full-on show that is so based in dialect and language as My Fair Lady is. I mean, the entire main plot of the story is dialect. I mean, there are definitely deeper meanings underneath that, but that's the face value part of the story. If you get that wrong, the show will flop. So I think that that's something very important for me to be learning, and it, it just feels like with every single show we do, whether it be an online show from fall of 2020 or in something that we did in the black box and with a Midsummer Night's Dream in the Crucible or RCA shows like Fiddler on the Roof and Shrek, every single time we do a production, I feel like I take something out of it. I feel like I grow not only as a person and an actor, but just with the rest of my company, rest of my friends, it's something that you can't really get anywhere else. And I think that that's something that I'm gonna take with me very far into the future, past college years and into my working life. This play, you know, on the surface, it's about sort of superficial changes. The voice and the look, the, you change the dress, change the voice. But I hope, and I, I see my students, we're trying to start these conversations about that there are so many gifts inside the show that reinforce this idea that what counts is what's on the inside. And I think that's a great, great kind of message to send our seniors out within the world too. You know, to, to keep remembering that as you get out into the world, right? Keep remembering that. that that's, that's the real value of who you are, right? Absolutely. Um, so we're really excited. We can't wait to see you guys perform on stage. Um, it's already a pleasure, and we can't wait to watch how you grow this spring into this production. Did you have anything else that you wanted to say, Ms. Johnson? Uh, I've just really enjoyed getting to work with these students, and they're doing a fantastic job. Catherine, do you want to entice our audience with a snippet of one of your songs? I would absolutely love to. Okay, um, I will sing a short little snippet of what I sing for the auditions. This is for a this. great way to go out of the podcast. <laughs> Which is um, from the song Wouldn't It Be Lovely? Perfect. All I want is a room somewhere far away from the cold night air. With one enormous chair, I wouldn't it be lovely? Miss Johnson, Catherine, and Grayson, thank you again for being on today's podcast and for your hard work. I'm looking forward to opening night. We're glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. 
Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. If you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the Communication, Advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.